friend. On today's creativity chat, we have Philip Vo, and we're gonna talk about how to write a song. Hello, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for thanks for chatting. I hope I can kind of talk about it. <laughs> well, you you've written a song, so therefore you can you can definitely That's talk about true. it. I've written a song. You've written multiple but songs. Like, just because somebody cooks or makes their first recipe doesn't mean they should know everything about making recipes. That's true, but they can speak from what they have experienced. Right. And that's that's what you're here to do today. You came to Atlanta in March, pre-Rona. <laughs> Let's set the stage. Pre-Rona, yes. I did do that. <laughs> that's going to be like a new, like BC, you know. PR. PR. <laughs> <laughs> Press release or pre-Rona? Pre-Rona, man. Well, it was one of the last large gatherings that I was able to attend. It definitely stands out in my mind. Yeah. And it's sweet because you're at Henry House, which is a house with four people that I really love. And you just shared some of your songs that are now released. Yeah, it was a great night. I actually got to talk to James the other day. He's making oh, cool. a video for me with some footage of that night. Wow. So I'm gonna make, I'm gonna post a little video and be like, oh, I miss playing with you guys. But yeah, I was honored to play songs for you guys. And it was, that was a good night. Y'all were gracious to me, even though I showed up <laughs> two minutes before the show was supposed to start. <laughs> no one, no one noticed. So it was fine. James noticed. For people that are listening. Trump was in town. Yeah. yeah, he was in town. So all the highways were basically blocked off. This was when he was visiting the CDC. But what was cool was you shared songs like old boyfriend young love and then you shared wrong which had already been out um and i just wanted to talk to you about the process of writing and what that looks like for you yeah i don't say it's indefinable because i can break it down to a process but every time is different i don't get people who can just kind of like sit down 30 times a year and write 30 songs i recently released an ep called sophomore year that i made with my friends quinn redmond and brian white i had to write 100 songs for those four wow. that required a lot of messing up and not doing it good and songs that no one should ever hear ever basically it's like you sit down and sometimes i'd say like 40 percent of the time it's probably like a concept that is excites me a lot and then these other 60 percent is just me like banging away at an instrument and mumbling a melody over it until something catches and then i chase it and then maybe it's good you know which is why i've like like I'm writing for the next thing and I have to write so many songs because I'm not good enough to just be able to be like, yep, this is how I need to do it every time. I'm always interested in how people were as children. Did you always find yourself writing or is that something that oh, you grew into? That's a good question. I uh, didn't grow up in a musical family. My, my mom and dad are both immigrants from Vietnam uh, and we're like super, like just as good parents, you know, we're like very, they keyed in a lot on education which I think informed my songwriting a ton because since school was so important, like I had to find something I liked in it and I naturally gravitated towards English and literature and reading fiction books and stuff. <clears throat> and that kind of informed my first basis of storytelling. I didn't write, start writing songs until middle school, really. Okay. I went to private school, so we mm -hmm. had a worship ensemble so like yeah. it was like a worship band and my dad signed me up for that and my dad's a pastor he like wanted me to use music to glorify god and that's great and so my first yeah. experiences were like playing contemporary music for the first time in worship bands in middle school because i was like a classical pianist all growing up oh wow <clears throat> and so then i i would like join and like 
I remember the first time I got handed a chord sheet. Like I was playing like Debussy and like Beethoven and stuff. And they handed me this chord sheet with words and just like letters over the words that said like C and AM. And I'm like, C and G. What does this mean? And like last week I had played like Nocturne or something. They were like, just hit the note C on the piano. And so there were like three pianists and I just hit the, the note C and I kept doing that until I learned like, oh, this is how you play a major chord. And then after about a year of doing that, I was like, maybe I can make my own version of this. And that's when I started mm-hmm. doing it. Yeah, that's cool. I like that it became like a natural progression as to what you were doing turn into, oh, hey, what if I try making my own stuff too? Yeah. That's, yeah, it was a kind of natural thing. I mean, it like took work, but it was definitely like, came a little easy. I mean, it's still really hard, but like, and it didn't like, man, I just sounded so cocky just now. You can tell when people sound cocky and I didn't take that as arrogant. I don't know. It's like, it just felt like one thing always led to the next in a Mm -hmm. way that I don't have control over. Like my dad was a mechanic before and he told me our family that he wanted to be a pastor. And he said, when I was like four, I just like jumped out of my seat when he told us and he sat us down to tell us. And I was like, I want to play the piano and sing songs. And I had never done anything musical. And they're like, why do you want to do that? So they put me in lessons. Then I started taking classical piano. Then I joined the worship ensemble. And then in high school, I kept doing that. And then in college, you know, where I am now, received a scholarship to study music up there well it's an academic scholarship but like i'm able to study music and it's cool to see how it's definitely not my doing that so many wonderful musical opportunities have happened so that's what i mean when it came naturally and it probably has something to do with the hand of god it absolutely has something to do with the hand of god and talking i'm reminded of psalm 119 uh i think it's 105 where it says uh your word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path and i always envision being in like a just a dark space maybe I'm in space I don't know and it's like the Lord just kind of reveals the next step and that little light shines when we talked about the fact that we were going to be talking about songwriting today I was trying to think of different ways different things I can compare songwriting to and this morning I kept seeing imagery of like stumbling in the darkness Mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure this is not my own idea probably in a book called adorning the dark by Andrew Peterson that I read recently (gasps) oh Wait, my friend just told me to read that book. It's a great book. Okay. If you want to know my life story and another person's life story, read that book. <laughs> Apart okay. from the success part or like, you know, okay. living off of music. I haven't done that yet. But um, I think like a lot of it is basically just like everybody's in the darkness, but then there are some people who want to find some light, but are just as blind as everyone else. And so they like kind of walk around and have their hands outstretched and just keep bumping into stuff you know and then every once in a while like a little bit of light comes through and they're able to see and Mm -hmm. it's not even things that like are new or make them wiser it's just things that like if everybody was looking everyone would see and it's neat that one of the ways that you get to share is through writing and through music like you said everything it's always different based on the song that you're writing so maybe we could just talk about some of the specific songs like Old Boyfriends, no. you know. There's a line. Let me let me pull up the line that I really oh, like. Oh no. Yes. I've oh never shoot, had it's coming. Anyone pull up a line of mine to tell me that they like. So you're very kind right now. <laughs> I think I told you this last week. 
you were singing at Henry House and I reacted. I think I gasped oh, because it, I just wow. like, oh, that was such Thank a good you. line. And it's, I've heard stories about exes calling up brides on their wedding day. Oh, man. <laughs> professing all the love from a once upon a time that they threw away. That's two lines. <laughs> well, the first line, I really love the first line, but then I, I just wrote the second line too. So well, I appreciate you uh, reacting yeah. and liking them. The lyric. The second lyric is actually edited by Quinn. We, I think the original was like, I heard stories about exes calling up brides on their wedding day. Something, something threw away, but it wasn't as pockety. We were in this. <laughs> yeah. Just means like it, it didn't feel as good when you said it, you know, so like it okay. made sense, but it didn't feel as nice, um, which is part of writing a lyric. But we were in the studio and recording vocals that day. And Quinn was giving me a bunch of lyric ideas. Some I liked, some I didn't. That was one that I really liked. It's funny how you get influenced by so many things you don't realize that kind of just sit in your brain until they come mm -hmm. up again. I was in a relationship at the time. We're not in a relationship. We are good friends and she's awesome. I wish her all the best. And at the time I was experiencing some jealousy, which that song is about, you know, about previous boyfriends that she had. I was like, I wanted to talk to her about it, but it, she was my first girlfriend. I'm my only girlfriend mm -hmm. to date. And I had never really talked to anyone about anything like that. Like never had a con conflicting conversation like that. Um, and it's not like I was going to go into it unhealthily. I just didn't know how to do it. So I, my instinct was like, hey, write a song. <laughs> um, I love that. <laughs> and I grabbed my guitar and I had heard so this is how it's cool how like other things influence you you don't realize I had been listening to Need to Breathe's live album they recently released okay. like at the time they had just released that year and their their lead singer says that his brother wrote all of his songs in their closet in their house because small spaces are good for them and so I was like, okay, I'm gonna go. To tr I'm gonna go try that. And I still need to try that again because I haven't tried it. But I, the one time I did it, I wrote a, a, an okay song. And so I'm in my dorm, and I go into the elevator at my dorm and sit down and write this song. And people, like three people, throughout me writing this song, like opened the elevator and were like, "What? What are you doing?" <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, I'm just writing a song. How are you doing?" And then like we just look at each other until they got off, and then I started again um so that's like one influence on the song okay. right and then the second influence is that i read a book that my grandma bought me for christmas called good guy by um mac demarco i think that's his name his last name's demarco yeah, i've never heard of it but it's basically okay. about how to like pursue a life of godly manhood <clears throat> mm -hmm. and in it he was like the thing that resonated me with the most in it, one of the things was like, he says, the concept of loving your neighbor at all times does not always look like, hey man, you might've just kicked me in the nuts, but it's okay, Jesus loves you, you know? Yeah. Because he tells a story about how in the book, um, on his wedding day, his wife got a call from her ex-boyfriend. And he says, oh my, my way of loving him in that moment was not was the, the like my way of showing love to him in that moment was not me picking up the phone and being like, Hey man, it's okay. He just loves you. His way of loving him. And but the way to love him in that moment was to not grab the phone from his wife and like curse him out and be really angry, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So sometimes loving your neighbor is inaction as opposed to action. Ooh. And I just remember that sticking out in my head so much because in my mind, I had been raised on this idea in Christian culture, I think, that like love is always like nice and sweet and Southern hospitality or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, 
that stuck in my brain after I read that. And when I was sitting down to write songs, I was like, I would be really scared if me and Rhiannon actually get married one day. Rhiannon's her name. Mm-hmm. Um, and her, her ex-boyfriend calls her on the wedding day. Mm-hmm. That would terrify me, you know? Yeah. So that's how that line came about. You can thank uh, Mac DeMarco. You should thank him. Did you let him know? It's not like the song's like a raging hit in the world or something. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's a hit. I just think it's really sweet when people let you know of little things that inspired them, you know, that maybe you shared. Because, I mean, he's he's probably sitting there not even thinking that he inspired someone to create a song or to make a song. Yeah, so that's true. I think you should let him know. I'm going to put down my to-do list right now. <laughs> yeah, write it down. <laughs> Thank you for that suggestion. Yeah, you're Let welcome. Mac demarco no he helped you write a song okay i think that would be something that would stand out in his day like a random random note i thought it was funny because i actually talked to one of my friends and i said hey there's this line in this song that i heard at a house show that has just been like in my brain and she said oh yeah when i got engaged my ex-boyfriend it's like he knew i was engaged that day because he called me and he confessed that he still wanted to be with me That's so awful. Isn't that crazy? That's really bad. I really enjoyed the video that went along with it too, the music video. Oh, thanks for Um, watching. Yeah, you're welcome. I was wondering when it came to blocking it or staging it, because you start off outside and then you come inside and you start looking at your current girlfriend in the video. Uh, She's not my girlfriend. The the act, like the acted out, the actress. I am single as a Pringle right now. hear that ladies no that's not what i said that for (laughs) it's not my choice (laughs) okay it's the rona no i'm just kidding the actress in the video is with her old boyfriend and you are singing as if you're in the same room as Mm -hmm. them looking at them but they have no idea you're there and i just like how i'm it looked like a one take i'm not sure if it actually was was a one one take take. (gasps) oh It was a real one it take. Whoa. How did you guys do the audio like that? Um, so I mostly am the songwriting boy and I'm not okay. the technical. Boy. Okay. Don't ask so, you. Gotcha. Well, I know because like it's important to know the character, okay. but it's not like I was the one who came up with all that. Okay. I have a wonderful friend in Sam Street who lives in Nashville, Tennessee, and he runs two companies that are awesome that I um, seek to use um, in, and incorporate in all my stuff as often as possible. Southbound Film Lab, which is like a film developing company, I would recommend everyone send their film that way um, because he does okay. a great job with that. <clears throat> and Southbound Creative, which is mostly like a videography slash photography but mostly like i mean he does great photography but i don't know if that company's mostly i think that company's mostly involved with music videos and live sessions and so um he had done two of my last live sessions and they were great but the concepts weren't really huge you know it was mostly just performances of the song in a location Mm -hmm. um and we were i was just chilling at his place one day because i wanted to see the film lab that is out of his house and we were in his living room and he's like i've been thinking about old boyfriends in that song and i think i think we could do a really cool thing with that i was like tell me what you're thinking and so he's like let's go outside and then he walked me through what he was thinking so the shit's actually at his house he's such a good director and everything and so i knew there was gonna be a lot of moving for that so i asked him if we could hire his friend noah tidmore who is also 
an amazing videographer photographer wait does he have a sister named Anna? i don't know him that well oh <laughs> he could i had seen a live session of a friend of mine named jordy cersei um okay. it's for better and he kind of walks through the house too and noah filmed that while sam directed that and so i was like i think if you put those two guys together a, a live session where you walk through the house could turn out really well so yeah um got him to come on and then i got my friend scooter spicer to run sound um and basically uh -huh. we just hooked up a lapel mic to my shirt okay and did a wireless plug into my guitar and we just tracked it that way and, yeah it was it was crisp every i really liked it that the cameras on me the people who were in the background like moved and sarah had like three outfits i don't know if people can tell that oh yeah she and did she, like, takes off the, the sweatshirt and then changes the clothes again oh my gosh that's and Sam cool came up with all those little details and that's why I say like I'm I can kind of know what I'm doing writing a song but like I probably couldn't come up with that on my own and they lit the whole thing so well too like, yeah that's what the the lighting because the light the colors change throughout the video yeah. so there's like a whole art in and of that and creating a story through visuals that I have some sense of because I write words and music and like but it's not the same thing at all and so I try to right. lean on those people when I can but writing a song is different <laughs> yeah. no I think that's good is it's finding out who is strong in different areas and then working together okay. collaborating so so during the Rona <laughs> you've been doing like Instagram lives and singing. Is that what people are calling or, it these days? The Rona? I call it Wait. that. I don't know if other people are. I just are. know so I can do the same thing. So you can be cool and call it the Rona. How has Rona affected writing? Yeah. Has it encouraged it or is, are you, do you find that new things are inspiring? You? Um, you know, I stopped doing Instagram lives after like my fourth one at the beginning of quarantine because I like planned ones where I posted and stuff just because Nobody has anything to do anymore. So everybody's like, now let me like make a podcast or live. And I feel like some people should do them. And I think this podcast right. idea is so awesome. I've never heard of anything like I've looked for a podcast this style while I've traveled on the oh, road. Yes. And I couldn't find yes. one apart from like a few. There's like one called Love Good that I've heard of. So this is great. There were so many people doing Instagram lives. And I was like, I don't need to do this anymore. And I knew I was going to be at home all the time, you know. And so I'm actually, with my piano and my MIDI keyboard and my speakers and guitar and stuff are right next to my bed. And so I basically tried to write every single day of quarantine. I haven't tried to like share that with everyone because it's not, they're, they're definitely not all good. I kind of leaned into the grind a little bit because I'm not a huge uh, wait for inspiration writer. My, my worship pastor told me a quote from one of his his friends that's a a famous pop writer or christian writer one of the two okay um and he's like yeah i only write when inspiration strikes um thankfully inspiration strikes at 9 a.m every morning <laughs> so it's like um i think you know it's been interesting to try to find stuff to write about the ability to, like learn new songwriting techniques um, experiment a little bit and just kind of create for fun and then it will inform and grow my ability whenever moments like old boyfriends come where I find myself in an, in an elevator and I need a second verse and I think about Mac DeMarco it's like 
these moments kind of prepare you for those. And I've actually written some songs that I'm kind of happy with. I'm also writing for my next EP too, which I don't know if okay. it's going to be an EP anymore. Kind of sad, but because um, <laughs> money. Because you wrote so many, so now it'll be an no, album or what? It costs money to record stuff and I don't have a lot it of It does cost. Uh, <laughs> hey, make a Patreon or something. I thought about a Kickstarter, but I feel like that'd be too beggy. I would donate. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I feel like I always go back and forth between like 10 pop songs and then 10 folk or completely just acoustic piano, like Randy Newman, folklore, Taylor Swift <laughs> songs. You know, I know last spring I wrote around 80 and this summer I've written wow. like 50. It's mostly because my ratio of writing a good song is like 30 to one <laughs> or something like that, you know. You're going into senior year having already made an EP, shared some songs. Where do you think that confidence came from, like as a sophomore to actually put in the time to make? I'm, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I wasn't super confident about it. I am so mm -hmm. proud of the songs we made and the, the EP, but I'm like... In a, in a very paradoxical way, one, a really confident guy and a very not confident guy. I okay. probably wouldn't have made that EP if it wasn't for the influence of my friend, Jordy Cersei. Mm -hmm. um, he was, he connected me with so many people um, that I had no business meeting early on. And then um, over time, he, he gave me the number of and introduced me to Quinn Redman, my producer who's also producer of Stephen Day, who has, makes such good music. Oh, yeah. He opened for Jordi at Eddie's Oh, yeah, dude. They're both so good. And so, like, and and wrote with me so many times when he knew, like, darn well that he was going to be pulling a lot of the weight and a lot of the songs weren't going to be, the songs weren't going to be very good, you know, but it was just fun. Mm -hmm. There have been countless times where I've, like, talked to him and been like, dude, I just want to quit, <laughs> you know? And he's like, yeah, I mean, you could do that. And it totally makes a hundred percent sense because making music and trying to make a living off of it is like terrible, but also probably don't, you know? <laughs> um, and not even just him. There are so many friends that have supported me through it that I feel like um, every time I start to get confident, they remind mm -hmm. me that I'm not the 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 man or whatever but whenever i'm down try to bring me up I and mean, there's like a freedom i'm trying to lean into and learn to lean into that i don't have to do this to get um, people to love me but then also to get god to love me it was a thing that kind of wrecked my world whenever I, there was a time where i was just writing and thinking like you know i guess everybody's created for a purpose and they have a job they're supposed to do so if i'm doing that job and it, I do it good, you know, then God's going to love me. Mm -hmm. And I found myself becoming increasingly self, like way, way too hard on myself all of the time. And my friends were like, Philip, you are insanely hard on yourself um, about all of these little things. And then I kind of realized like, you know, regardless of my performance, God loves me. And his proof of that is sending Jesus. It gave mm -hmm. me a confidence that was kind of different, you know? Right. It was like, it wasn't a confidence of like, man, I'm so great, but it was a confidence of like, you know what? Even if I stopped writing songs today and I never wrote another song and never played another show and I became a realtor or like mm -hmm. I did something else, 
God would wouldn't be looking at me and being like, well, you effed up your whole life, you know? Right. Um, and so that me releasing that kind of worldview gave me a confidence. And I, there are still days where I lapse back into it, but I, I'm kind of leaning into that. And that's where yeah. the confidence has been. My confidence is definitely not in Philip is so good at writing songs because Philip has written many, many, many bad songs. <laughs> I get that. I get that there are areas and times where you can be more confident in an area and then not as confident but at the root of it it's like where does your confidence lie and growing up my family was always consistent like your confidence is in Christ and that's secure and that's stable and he's not going to be shaken so all the things that you do could be shaken this is an October rain I believe and it says but when striving takes your soul away in all security I would dare to say that there's a better way to chase your dream and I'm surprised you know words to that song I thought nobody listened to that song well, I wrote, I wrote it down. I cheated. It's a voice memo. It means the world that you actually remember or learned or heard any lyrics genuinely in that song because I kind of just put it on there for me and didn't really expect most people. I sent old boyfriends to a few people like the video and then one of my friends, Emmy, started listening to your songs and she said, whoa, October Rain's a voice memo? Wow. That's so cool. That's kind. I'm glad that you have people in your life who are encouraging you to continue. I think you as well will probably be the same for someone else one day. Like there's another Philip somewhere, not necessarily like you, but another person with a different name who will be in similar stages of life that you may be in right now that you'll be able to speak into. That's the hope. October Rain's an interesting song anyways. If there was another little me out there somewhere that I'm going to meet one day, I was taking a class called the Entrepreneur Musician because I'm a music business major. Class is kind of okay. outdated, but um, <laughs> most most college classes. Yeah. Let's be real. Um, and I remember it was my sophomore year. It was raining outside. It was October. <laughs> I had my guitar with me for some reason, and I was just like, "There's something in me that's not doesn't feel right." And I just like in probably like 30 minutes, just wrote out all of the words to that song. It didn't really change many words at all. Wow. And what it revealed to me was exactly what I was talking to you about. I think about how. Um, it's easy to chase after this dream thinking that um, that's what's going to fulfill you at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. For all the, the little me's that are going to be here one day, I think everyone finds their way eventually, hopefully, with the help of other people. But it's like we have to remember why we make music, and it isn't so that we can um, be this godlike image in front of people, but it's to shine a little light on the collective darkness that everybody's in. I'm just blown away that you know any of the words that song. <laughs> oh, oh, listen, when people are on the podcast, I do my research. Oh, man. Well, you're, you are a good podcast host. You're a great podcast host. Thank you. Pod, podcast yeah. host? What? Pod, toast? Podcast host. Toast? <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Philip. That made my whole week. <laughs> Yay. Just here to encourage people. So I feel very encouraged. Thank you for being on today's creativity chat. I will link all of Philip's stuff. Check him out on Spotify. Follow him on Instagram. Um, thank you for listening. I hope you have a lovely rest of the day. See you see next ya. or not see you next week. Uh tune in next week. Bye. Bye.